Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm John McComb, retired radio host and podcaster, along with my co-host Lori Pinkowski. Lori is an award-winning and highly respected portfolio manager and senior vice president at Canaccord Genuity Financial, who has been successfully managing retirement portfolios for the past two decades. We're here every two weeks to talk about everything from financial and estate planning to travel, hobbies and health matters, and so much more. Whether you're thinking about retirement or already living your retirement dream, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. Just a heads up, we have run into some audio issues on this edition of Ready, Set, Retire, issues that are out of our control. So bear with us the first uh, five or six minutes of the program, not the quality that we would prefer, but uh, after that, uh, things settle down and are fine. So just hang in there with us. Coming up on this edition of Ready, Set, Retire, we're going to talk about financial planning for business owners with a special guest named Cindy David. For many Canadian entrepreneurs, turning your business dream into reality requires a lot of planning, a lot of hard work and upkeep, and so does planning your retirement or exit strategy. It may be hard to kiss your baby goodbye, and it may be emotional, but having a plan in place and talking it through with professionals can save you from a lot of stress and also ensure you have a seamless transition into retirement. And Lori, maybe even save some taxes along the way. That's right, John. Business owners all have unique and different needs, especially when it comes to things like retirement, tax planning, and so on. And many business owners aren't focusing enough of their overall time, probably, on financial planning or tax planning because they're so busy running their business, especially after going through uh, the past year that they did. I mean, many businesses had to pivot change their business, some people entirely that we've spoken to. And some people are now thinking, you know what, maybe I want to retire. That was a hard year, you know, now that we've gotten through it. (laughs) So it's really important to make sure that you're talking to your professional team. And I often use the word team in that is because you should, or at least you should be looking for, again, a financial planner, a good portfolio manager, an accountant, uh, your lawyer, and all of these professionals should be talking to each other so that transition into retirement is one that's going to be smooth, one that is structured properly, and one that can, again, create enough income for you in retirement so you can take that next leap into that exciting stage in life of retirement. Well, we're joined today by a special guest. Her name is Cindy David. She's going to talk more in depth about tax strategies and retirement planning for business owners. Cindy is the estate planning advisor and president of Cindy David Financial Group. She works with business owners in B.C. and retired or retiring clients where her firm provides tax-effective solutions and expertise and tailors customized personal financial planning services to meet the life goals of clients. Cindy is a leading Canadian financial expert and trailblazer in her industry, known for her passion, creative thinking, and determination to influence positive change. Cindy currently sits on the National Board for Junior Achievement and the Insurance Council of B.C. In these roles, she works to help small business owners in Canada advocate for women and support youth to become financially literate. She's also co-authored a book called Financial First Aid. 
Yes, Cindy is a financial planning wizard, I must say. She has uh, worked closely with my team for over 12 years now. She's provided many solutions to our clients that have more complex situations, such as most business owners or those that own a lot of real estate. She's usually projecting future tax liabilities, talking about estate planning and insurance needs, but also preparing those detailed financial plans and really helping business owners get to that next step. So their I's are dotted, their T's are crossed, and they're ready to retire. Cindy is who I work with for those situations. So, Cindy, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking out the time. We appreciate it. Thank you both. As uh, you are an expert in retirement, how does uh, this transition in life differ from those who own their business? Do they have more planning, more thinking to do? I would say there's definitely more planning to do on top of all of the the usual suspects that everybody who chooses that retirement moment has to worry about. You know, it's not the least stressful thing that you'll ever do in your life. So when you add on top of that retirement scenario, the complexities of planning for the sale of your business, I think that not a lot of people are prepared for what comes next. And it takes a lot longer is the first thing that I would say than to just pick a date and submit your your resignation. There's a lot more planning, a lot more thinking and, and quite a few more decisions to make when you own your own business. With that in mind, then, when would you advise that business owners start planning their exit strategy? Much longer than you think. This might be a shocker to a lot of people, but I would say three to five years out Wow, is when you have to start thinking about when to plan your business. And, and here's why. If there are any issues that require cleanup of corporate financial affairs or making sure that things are in the appropriate order so that we can take advantage of as many tax opportunities as possible. That can take up to two years from an accounting perspective. It might take one to two years to find a buyer. And even when all of that is done, it could often take up to a year for an actual sale transaction to take place from the point of getting a letter of interest to the final close and even beyond the close, then you have the funding beyond the close, which can also take some time. The funding of the sale of a business doesn't always happen on the same day. Yeah, definitely. I think that three to five year range makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of planning that goes into that plan. And Cindy's been very helpful with that with many of my clients. Cindy, how can a business owner value their business? Why is it important they know the value of their business? Maybe even before they're thinking of actually pulling the pin, how can they figure out how much their business is worth so they can figure out if they can retire? That's a great question. And one that business owners come to me often with, actually. What you'll find is that most accountants who are certified in providing those appraisals spend a lot of time trying to talk their clients out of getting a formal appraisal. It's not always necessary to sell your business. And what they prefer is a simplified evaluation based on what type of industry your company operates in, the supply and demand of the number of businesses in your area, your geographic region or, or industry, and also just the number of buyers. Are people gobbling up businesses in, in your industry or people just simply retiring and walking away from them? As well as looking at similar market transactions, depending on the complexity, the scale and scope of your business, that can determine whether or not you go down the route of a formal appraisal or a simplified evaluation. 
What do business owners need to know before they sell their business? What about their corporate structure? I know that in a lot of meetings you have brought up that people need to clean up their corporate structure to a certain degree. Maybe you can just touch on that and what that means. Yeah, that's a great question, Lori. And uh, I'll start from the beginning. If you're a business owner, but operating as a sole proprietor, meaning you're not incorporated, typically what that entails is that you're selling a client list, a location or a service. And you really just have to find a buyer. There's not a lot of complexity there. If, however, you are an incorporated Canadian-controlled private company, so if you're a business owner, you've heard this term CCPC, so I'll refer to that as well, there's a lot to think about. When when I talk about cleansing a corporation, we want to make sure that you move any passive investment assets out of your operating company into typically a holding company. And the reason for that is it can throw you offside for purposes of qualifying for the capital gains exemption. You don't automatically get that capital gains exemption just because you're incorporated. There's a lot of boxes to check off first. And one of those things, if you haven't moved all of the money out slowly over time, from an accounting perspective, the government has some rules in place that says it can take up to two years to do that. You know, there's more complexity. I know we don't have hours to get into this, but the capital gains exemption is approaching $900,000. And that's a lot of tax money to leave on the table just because you didn't do the planning ahead of time. And in order to get access to the capital gains exemption, you have to sell the shares of your business not the assets of your business. And when you do that, you're selling the skeletons in the closet, all of your past tax returns, any mistakes that may have been made. And therefore, there's extra risk to a buyer to do that, but there's much greater tax benefit to the seller. So in that situation, if you're looking at a share sale, you're, as a seller, probably going to give a little on the price in order to get access to all of the good tax benefits on the other side of the sale. If, however, you're selling assets, the bricks and mortar of a company, then you end up with money trapped inside a holding company. So we call that trapped corporate surplus. And a lot of people try and avoid that like the plague. But I will tell you, I love asset sales because you have a lifetime of really great tax planning when it comes to planning for retirement income, as well as estate planning. So both can be beneficial to business owners. And, and actually, you can create a sale that includes a hybrid of the two. It doesn't have to be all or one. That's fantastic advice. You definitely don't want to leave money on the table. So it uh, makes it much more worthwhile to, again, speak to your professionals, financial planners, and make sure that you're planning for that exit strategy. When business people come to you and say they're retiring and they, they want to move on, I mean, you must have heard a, a series of questions that keep coming up over and over and over again. What are the top two or three questions that you hear and what kind of advice do you give based on those? Usually their questions end up in about 120 questions from me. So questions for anybody retiring is, do I have enough? If I'm a business owner, I want to know if after I pay all the taxes on a sale transaction, will I have enough money in that bucket from the proceeds to retire? And in addition to that, a lot of business owners might own property associated to the businesses that they're operating. Some want to sell and some don't. So questions around is the rental income from that property on top of the proceeds of sale going to be sufficient? Or might I have to consider liquidating real estate at, at some point in time as well? You know, you add in some other layers of complexity with regard to a sale, which is what if I want to sell to my children? 
and my children don't have enough money to buy it and I've got to basically live off of the profits of the company over time. Am I willing to take that retirement risk on cash flow? Are the kids going to make it? Of course, they're my kids, so I'm going to stick around to help them. If I'm selling to a third party, am I going to be required to continue to work in the business? Do I even want to work in the business? Lori and I have lots of clients in the situation that we're working with as we speak. I have some clients as well that are transitioning to an existing management team. The options are really endless. Another example of what could end up happening is I'm just going to continue to own my business because I can't find a buyer to write the check for it. So I'm going to hire a management team to replace me, but continue being an owner. So there are a lot of pros and cons to each of those probabilities in how you can outsource yourself or sell a business. There are lots of conversations that need to be had around that. And you don't want to be rushed in having those conversations. I'd say it's a bell you can't unring sometimes once you've sold your business. It's not an option to just buy it back a couple of years later because you feel you made a mistake. And just to interject, yes, Cindy and I have a lot of these very detailed conversations. And what I think we've noticed too is that very often business owners don't just retire one day, right? They pull the pin, they're out the door. I feel like there's always more of a transition and Cindy's right where one is staying on to make sure that their baby stays intact, whether it's being transitioned to family or there's a outside buyer, whatever it may be, you know, just because they're retiring, they care a lot about their employees. I find a lot of the time as well as their customers or clients, right? They've been dealing with them for years. And so they want to make sure that everybody is in good shape when they actually finally do walk out the door. So I feel like there is a one or two year sometimes transition period there as well. And Cindy, uh, we talk about financial plans for individuals all the time. Does a financial plan for a business help? Yeah, absolutely. A plan is always a good idea. I have find it impossible to give good advice without having a plan. Some advisors do try to do that, but it ends up in a lot of guesswork and placing generalities on top of some situations that don't always work. So I think the devil is in the details and a plan is important. You know, what a financial plan entails is enough time to have these conversations with somebody like Lori and I, gather all of the information and put everything in writing and use software, essentially, because our brains can't handle all of the different moving parts. And we need to see that plan and how things pan out over time with really conservative assumptions so that we're looking at the worst case scenario. The only surprises that we want in retirement are the good ones happy surprises. And the purpose of the financial plan is to protect yourself from the worst case scenario. It seems depressing, but it's really not, guys. It's a very good process to help you sleep at night. So if you're wondering whether you need a plan or not, let that be your answer. I would also say that I would insist if I were in a business owner's shoes selling my business, thinking about retirement, that my advisors work together. I have seen lately in the last probably decade of my almost 30 year career, the teams that work together really accomplish much more for their clients than people who are working in silos and not communicating. So I would, as a point of advice, say to clients, don't put yourself in the middle. Don't try and translate between your professionals and don't try to be the quarterback. Make sure and insist that they speak to each other, they communicate and that they work together well. I would also say to that point, if upon retiring, you find that your existing team of advisors, some or all, may be in over their head, ill-equipped, or not showing up from a service perspective, 
it might be time to clean some house. Yeah, definitely. You want to have the right professionals working with you during a transition like this, because having the wrong professionals, as we have seen when people come to us too late, (laughs) is that uh, there's a lot of restructuring, reorganizing to do that can cost a heck of a lot of money. So again, make sure the team of professionals that you're dealing with, that you have confidence in in their advice. So how does uh, taxation, which of course is a huge, huge issue, how does taxation play into selling your business and what kinds of advice, what kinds of things have you seen that are a bit unusual or a bit different? Tax professionals these days will tell you that we've lost a lot of the good stuff from the 80s and 90s that we used to be able to give advice on. There aren't a lot of loopholes or creative planning even that exist anymore. So what we want to turn to are what are the things that are available to business owners? And there are still some on the table. When I mentioned earlier the notion of trapped corporate surplus, what I mean by that is there's money inside a holding company that you can't get access to for spending on personal stuff, the holidays and peanut butter and jam, anything that you might need to spend a personal dollar on, you have to pay yourself a dividend out of that holding company. Now, when the money is trapped inside that holding company, you have access to things like a refundable dividend tax on hand. Don't shake your head at me, Lori. I know what you're thinking. But that refundable dividend tax on hand, which we refer to as RDTOH, and if you're a business owner, this isn't the first time you've heard it. But an RDTOH balance basically means that for every $3 that you pull out of your corporation, $1 of that is free. How is that for simplifying RDTOH? That was fantastic, Cindy. There's a lot of complex advice, but for business owners, it is a little more complex. So for people who are listening, they're going to find a lot of value in that, Cindy. So I definitely appreciate that. Another thing that we can end up with are grip dividends. Grip dividends basically means, though, that you can take about $45,000 out of your company each year without paying tax because you've paid a higher level of tax when you earned that money in your operating company. Not all dividends fall into that grip pool. And I'm not going to get into how you get grip dividends, but if you have them, they can be a really great source of income for retirement. Another really cool thing and probably my favorite thing from a tax perspective that affects business owners is the capital dividend account credit. So CDA credit is what you'll hear. And That credit essentially is meant, it's a notional accounting mechanism that allows corporations to receive tax-free proceeds and pay them out tax-free. So there are really only two things that are affected by the CDA credit. Uh, One that Lori is very familiar with, with regard to capital gains inside investment portfolios. What happens to the tax-free portion of a capital gain? It gets paid out through that capital dividend account credit. It gets added to that balance so that you're not paying tax when you shouldn't. The other thing that affects the CDA credit is the proceeds of life insurance. And this is a really useful tool and that can have probably the biggest impact to a business owner when doing tax planning, not just estate planning, but tax planning for how to grow wealth inside a corporate structure. The access to that CDA credit is really magic. They haven't taken away from us yet. Uh, If they ever do, and they're not talking about it yet, so don't panic, but if they ever do, any planning, especially with the use of life insurance, would be grandfathered as it historically has been for hundreds of years. We want to make sure 
essentially that everyone's got enough income to take them to the end of their days. And again, what we're looking at is the different buckets that you're withdrawing from. And that's why we're doing a financial plan for, for again, not just business owners, but for everybody, because it's important to understand. And again, we, we need to get more details uh, of everyone's situation when we're providing that advice. So, so thanks for that, Cindy. I know that's a hard question, but again, that's why people come and see you and I. Uh, Cindy, what about uh, the money that the government gives retirees or gives back to retirees? Uh, how should business owners apply or when should they apply for uh, CPP? Uh, that's a great question. And I'm just going to add some color to what you just said. CPP is money that the government owes you and it's your money. They're not giving you anything. So be aware of that. And often you hear you should always take it early because a bird a bird in the hand type of idea. And it does die with you. So there's lots of argument for taking it on time or early. There was recently a publication that came out that proposed that financial planners for many decades now have been giving clients the wrong advice, which is that we should be telling all of our clients to take it late. And I went through that report in great pain, word for word, in great detail. And then I had many discussions with some of my colleagues to make sure that I wasn't applying my own bias to the report. But I will tell you, anytime anybody goes to the market to gather information with a single goal of proving a point, then they might not be looking at the full picture. So the thesis of that paper was to prove that it's a good idea to take CPP late. I guarantee you a lot of people are going to read newspaper articles that have come out quoting tidbits from that report saying, oh, shoot, you should have taken it later. And not many people are going to do what I did, which is to read all 60 pages and do an in-depth analysis. It is not the Bible on whether or not you should take CPP out early or late. Most people should take it out early. It is based on primarily how long you think you live, you're going to live. And one of the other things that I say a lot that Lori's heard me say a thousand times, probably today, actually, um, is that 90 is the new 85. And pretty soon 100 is going to be the new 90. People are living longer. And that's just a fact. And so longevity risk is one of the things that we're considering in retirement planning these days, not just inflation risk or market risk or tax risk. And you wouldn't believe how many people argue with me about how they're not going to live until they're 90 or 95 or 100. But we're all living longer, folks. And the longer you live, the more likely it is that taking CPP early is a good thing as a result. I've had that discussion with Lori several times. I'm not going to make it till 90. And she said, well, no, no, (laughs) come on. Yeah, so many people uh, say that to Cindy and I. We're actually surprised when someone's like, oh, I'm definitely going to live to 100. We're going, what? (laughs) But it's true. I mean, people are living longer and we see it and we need to plan for that. And so that's why being more conservative in the financial planning process is when we're using higher inflation right now, right? Because we're in an inflationary period and taking your life expectancy out to 95 or 100. And listen, if you don't make it that far, well, then your kids or your beneficiaries just get more money. But what we want to make sure is that you're not going back to work at the age of 82. So that's, again, why we're taking uh, life expectancy out, inflation, all those sorts of things, making sure that your financial plan has a lot of cushion in there. So Cindy always ensures it's very conservative. 
So again, business owners, I, I mean, I did mention this, but they don't often just retire in one day. It's a, it's a transition. Cindy, I'm sure you see the same thing. Do you, do you agree with me? There's not many people that just go, you know what? I've had it. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, going home today and I'm not coming back ever. You know, there is that transition uh, period. It is different. Yep, definitely. And if you're a business owner listening to this, you know what we're talking about. You're probably nodding in the affirmative. And it's because you love what you do. You started your business. You made it successful. It's your blood, sweat, and tears that got you there. And it's your identity. You know, essentially, Lori and I are business owners too. And, you know, we'll never retire. You're going to have to carry us out here in the, in the loony bin. Like, it'll have to take us losing our wits, really, to not be able to do what we do. And when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. And I do just, I do see that as a difference between people who are employees for a firm that they don't own entirely. It's just so different. It's also, I think it's an instinct that entrepreneurs have. There's a reason that we're all not called employees. An entrepreneur is somebody who wants to be creating and building at all times. And it's not to say that they can never take a break and retire or learn how to play golf. It's not about the hobbies. It's about just that way of being. And when you've started a business from scratch and you've run it and owned it your entire life, the chances of you just throwing the towel on a single day, cold turkey, well, I've never seen it in 30 years. And Cindy, before we let you go, just the, the three tips that you have for a business owner thinking of retiring, what do they need to be thinking about? Number one, inform your advisors and start that conversation. And today is the right time to do it. If you're thinking about doing it, don't procrastinate and postpone thinking that you'll have that conversation when you know for sure. Because sometimes your advisor team can help get the clarity that you're looking for. Talk to your family and have a family plan for getting ready for retirement. I would also say that involves trips and travel and hobbies and all those things that you've never had time for. Remember what those are. If you walked up to a hundred people on the street and asked them to describe their bucket list, not everybody can do that. So you want to start thinking about your bucket list planning. Lori and I, Lori has often joked that she's a glorified travel agent. And marriage counselor and marriage counselor. <laughs> <laughs> And we, we spend a lot of time convincing our clients to actually spend the money that they've worked so hard creating. You spend a lifetime learning how to grow your business and live within your means. And the notion of spending it is quite difficult for, pe for people. So I would say, you know, top tip, it's not going to happen overnight. It could be a little bit of stress that you're not expecting, but over a year or two, and with the right team giving you confidence that you're doing the right things, things will smooth out and life just becomes easier. And annual reviews are not as intense and, and onerous as getting started. So I would just say, just get started. If you're thinking about it, have those conversations and let us know if we can help for sure. Cindy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on and uh, giving us some great information, tremendous uh, information for people who are in business and are thinking about retirement. Uh, we appreciate your time so much. Thank you. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks for having me, guys, and I appreciate the, the great questions. Cindy David. Cindy is the estate planning advisor and president of Cindy David Financial Group. And if you'd like more information on Cindy David, how to get a hold of her, you can speak with team at Pinkowski Wealth Management. 
And Lori, you know, the big thing that I took uh, from talking to Cindy is that really it's never too early for business owners to start thinking about the end game. For sure, John. I mean, it's so important to plan ahead and again, um, have a good team of advisors and accountants and lawyers around you that are all talking to each other on your behalf uh, so that you, you go to that next stage in life and you're prepared. And so again, I, you know, I thank Cindy for being here today and providing uh, some insight into what she does every day and extraordinary at what she does and a real expert in complex financial situations, especially for business owners and high net worth families. And so this is where she is really, really uh, helps and provides solutions to, to many of our clients. And so, so again, I think it was a, a great, uh, episode of Ready, Set, Retire. I always enjoy when we have a guest and, and thank you, John, as well. Before we go, we like to leave our audience with a quote, something to think about, uh, as we head off. So what have you got for us this week? Don't simply retire from something, have something to retire to. And I think that's perfect for business owners. And then because we're talking about taxes so much, I thought uh, I would just add an extra quote that I thought was funny that I saw out there. You must pay taxes, but there's no law that says you have to leave a tip. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, don't pay more than you have to. Talk to tax professionals. <laughs> that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Lori. We'll uh, talk again in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much, John. That's all for this week. If you're interested in learning more about Cindy David or indeed have any questions for Lori Pinkowski's team, don't hesitate to call 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb, and thanks for listening. Join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire. <music>